Thank you, Brother Mark, for reading that. And uh, it was interesting. I was so you happened to use my Bible, and there was a fair bit underlined. So sorry about that, brother. But but you know, as, as he was reading, I was thinking, you know, what uh, what happens to Mark often happens to us. So we read the Bible. Like we'll read it, and you know, especially in Acts, I've shared this. You know, there are like a lot of places, and today we're in Athens, Athens, Greece. A lot of places and names and like, you know, well, what's it really saying here? You can read it in your mind and be like, what's, you know, what's this really mean for, for me and us? Okay, nice story. And, you know, I love how Tracy shared that about the gospel. It's, it's much more than just a story. It's something that's done. But what does it mean? So we're going to stay in this passage today, Acts 17. And we're going to hit on what, uh, what Mark read. Paul is actually preaching a sermon. He's preaching to them in Athens at that point. He's also preaching to us today. But I want to I keep going back to this. Like, what does it mean for us today? Uh, there are two big problems that I have seen over and over and over uh, in ministry as a pastor. Two big problems in people's lives. Uh, some of your lives. Some others that I've talked to. Uh, these two problems you can have, maybe you have one of them, maybe you have both, uh, maybe flip-flop. One is that people believe in God, but they really don't think God is there in the moment, in the situation with them. They kind of believe in God, but he's like, he's distant, he's kind of out there, he maybe sees it all, kind of has a hand, but they don't really think or feel that God's with them then and now, here and now. And you see that in maybe some, somebody's life has just gotten derailed. I don't know. Uh, job loss, divorce. Uh, maybe there's dysfunction in many relationships in your life. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's with a child. Uh, maybe it's with friends. Maybe you've just been stabbed in the back so much uh, through gossip and wounded, you know, you're just giving up. Maybe it's through disease that you may have a real physical disease. Maybe it's just through death. Seeing those that you love die, maybe facing your own death. So the problem is, people say, well, I believe in God, but really, and it's often hard to admit, but as pastor, people have admitted this, they don't really feel, and feeling is powerful, they don't really feel God there with them in it. Problem number one. Problem number two is the other extreme. Is that people really just think they're God. And they never say that. But like, they really think, well, I can do it. I mean, I'm going to do it. Or they think, you know, I, I'm going to deliver. I deliver with work. I'll deliver. I'll, I'll get through this deal. I will... Deliver in relationships, I'll deliver at my church, I'm gonna deliver. Or it's like they have these visions, dreams of grandeur that they have this great destiny. And let me say this all of us do have a destiny. I'm talking about people who, and it's rarely ever said, but it's really summed up in this three letter word that's called ego. And it's the same sin that tripped us all up. I say all of us, back in Genesis 3, where 
We just wanted to be God. God gave one rule, said, you know, don't eat of that tree. I know it's a Sunday school store and everything, but it all flows from that. They really are like, well, I'm God. I can do what I want. Those are the two fundamental problems that I've seen in ministry as a pastor. Either thinking God's not there or thinking I'm really God. I mean, I'll, I'll say whatever you need me to say. I'll do the song and dance, but talking about a heart belief, kind of really God. That's the problem. That's, that's, that's the problem. That, that's the problem. Both of those problems I can have. I think both of those problems you can have. Often we can have more or less bipolar spiritual lives or bipolar Christian lives because we flip-flop back and forth between those two. So what's the answer? Well, God's Word, the Bible, provides the answer. The answer is Jesus. Okay, I know, Sunday school answer and all that. But I've said this over the last couple weeks. Jesus is the answer. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6. And I keep saying that because I really would love for you all to think about that. Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So the Bible tells us that he is God, that he came to us, that God became flesh. We talk about that a lot at Christmas. God became human. He lived, he breathed, he ate, he drank, he laughed, he cried, he wept. He had friends, he had he had a mom, had an earthly father, Joseph. He went through life. He died. Jesus Christ, who was God, experienced death. He experienced his, his bodily organs stopping. He rose again. The Holy Spirit rose him again. He ascended. The Bible says he's Lord of all. All means all. Not just like Lord of cosmos. Lord of the here and now. Lord of your life, whether you realize it or not. So that's the answer. But what does it mean? Okay? It passed some of the Sunday school stuff. You know, we have some values that we talk about here. We've uh, form- you, can, you can talk about biblical values or what we should believe in many words. We've used the word see, love, go. See a big God. Love the other person. Go to the world. So I'm going to talk a lot about that today. See, love, go. Because what, what the answer means is we begin to need to see that God came to us. We see love going in God. For God so what? Love the world. That he what? He sent. He loved us, so he came. He went. God sent. Jesus went. So we have to see this. We see love go in God. And that he's going all the time in your life. And if we really, really get that, if the penny drops, and for some of you it has, and some of us need more time, but I don't think we should ever use that as an excuse. But if we really see that, and I think faith, belief leads to action, then we start in our life seeing love go in our life. You just saw that today, whether you realize it or not, with VBS, uh, with impacts in the community, with impacts around the world, with being here. Now, the problem, though, still remains. And the same problem I just talked about is the exact same problem. It's interesting. Paul is talking about to these Athenians, if I can use that word right, uh, in ancient Greece, 
probably around 50 A.D. Same two problems. Either they kind of believed in God, but he's very distant, or they thought they were God. That's the problem. And then Paul has his response, which is the sermon. Same response to them as the response to us. So let me kind of set the scene for you a little bit. Uh, Athens, Greece. Anybody ever been to Athens? Curious. Anybody been to Athens? Okay, a few folks. Uh, I've been blessed to go to Athens, and the reason I share that is not to say, hey, I've been to Athens, something like that. Uh, but when I, was with, when I was in Athens, looking back in life, uh, I, I'm pretty sure I was saved. And I say that pretty sure because I was walking like I was lost, okay? Like, before I hit Athens, I hit the Pink Palace in Corfu, Greece. And if you've ever been to Pink Palace in Corfu, Greece, okay, well, I wouldn't recommend it, okay? But I was living like I was lost, okay? Traveling with a girl who did not end up as my wife, okay? I'm just trying to be real, trying to say this, say that, you know, it's God grows us in many different ways. But I do remember being in Athens, and I stood, and if you go, you can all have this opportunity. You can stand exactly where Paul stood in this place called the Areopagus and was very moved thinking that, you know, I knew my Bible like many of you. I know the Sunday school stories. Kind of, I knew I can drop the line, you know, if need be. And, you know, was very moved by that. So Paul is here in Athens, and it says he's deeply distressed. Going back to that, love the other person, see love go. He was loving these people even though uh, they were, as we might say, lost and had many idols, worshiping many built gods, little g-gods, fake gods. Paul loved them, so he went to them. And, as I was reading this week and learning more about the passage, he didn't just give a sermon to, like, go and preach, and he didn't just automatically have an audience. They actually kind of put him on trial that they were hearing this that was opposite to the way they thought. So where he was was more or less like a trial, and he was giving a defense. And the two types of people, I'm going back to, remember those two problems, okay? You remember those? These big words here, Epicureans and Stoics. Again, we can read the Bible and just glance over names and everything. Well, the Epicureans and Stoics were, they were philosophers. And philosophy, again, big word, really simple meaning. It's just how you see the world. It's how you see the world. I mean, some of us have a philosophy. Hey, you know, work hard, play hard. That's a philosophy. So we have a philosophy of my kid is going to get the best. That's a philosophy. Okay, Epicurean. What they believed, what they promoted, was that God is real, but he's very, very distant. He's not in your here and now. He created the world. He made the world. But he's like some far off, removed place. He's not involved in the details. He's not involved in the intimate decisions. Same problem we can have today. The Stoics, on the other hand, they're way of living their belief was that you are God. God is in you. But he's not just like like we say as Christians, well, the Holy Spirit comes into you, you are baptized, you are saved, you believe. No, they believe he's always in you, much, as Brother James and Roger up here, much like a Hindu religion. That you are God, everybody's kind of God, and you'll all kind of morph together at the end into this karma. So the Stoics are really like kind of New Age stuff. And we hear these two philosophies all the time. 
If you think through, like me, what we watched on Netflix, what we see on YouTube, these two, I mean, our country was modeled after this country, ancient Greece, okay? Democracy. This was the seat of democracy then. We are supposed to be the seat of democracy today. So these streams of thought have been invading our consciousness for centuries, okay? And here Paul stands up to say, you're a little off. You're a little off. So I'd first like to ask you, which one of those are you? Because we all can lean one way or the other. Either like, I kind of believe, I believe in God, I'll say I believe, but he's, I just don't really, I don't really, if you're honest, think he's in the here and now. Or, and you would never ever say this, but I'm asking you to go into the deepest maybe place in your heart. I am God, I'll get it done, I'll deliver. I've got this great destiny, I just know it. Which one are you? So, let's get to the main deal, the gospel, Paul's main point. Paul's saying the Christian message, faith, is something different. It is much different than those two. He's saying the gospel is something different, and he is proclaiming the gospel. So his, his sermon here, and it is a sermon. If we probably had the whole thing, it would, he probably, they believe, taught for two hours, okay? And Paul could talk, uh, they, they, they say. But, but here, if you just read this, is Mark did. I mean, I don't know how long it took, but probably less than two minutes. So he's giving us a different way of looking at the world. You're hearing, this is the Christian way of looking at the world. This is, this is see, love, go. Verse, verse 24, he says, The God who made the world and everything in it, he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by hands. Neither is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself... Look at that word there. He himself, what does it say, somebody? He himself, himself, what, what, that's for you. Gives, he gives, he gives, one word, he gives. He gives everyone life and breath and all things. So that's saying God's not, sometimes you think God just is creator. Here he's saying, no, he's not just creator, he's provider. He gives all things. He gives life, he gives breath. Every day we have, God is giving it to you. Sometimes we say that like if someone is, Maybe sick, ill, facing death. Well, every, every day, you know, is a gift. Every other day is a, It's the same for all of us. Every day is a gift. And the gifts that each of you have. And I'm a big, big believer in this. All of you have gifts that God has given you. So he's creator and he is provider. But look at this, verse 26. But it's not just like, again, he's out there. He is very, very personal. He made you as a person, people that matter. Verse 26, from one man, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined, determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. Translation, the time that you have, the time that you have been given, uh, your life span, spectrum, the place uh, where you live, where we are now. That's all been planned by God. He did it. Everything has been determined. He brings up nations. He's determined the appointed times and boundaries where you live. You see what I'm saying there? So God's very, very personal. He's like, you're going to live here. You're going to live in this 
century, in this decade, in this time. He's creator, provider, and he's very, very personal. And then it even says why he does this. And we, this is partly a mystery, but he did it so I believe he chose, he knew, the best place for all of us, all of you, that we might seek God and come to find him. He has a plan for your life. There are no accidents in Christianity. Yes, part of that is a mystery, okay? I don't... But that's what the Bible says. And the reason is that we might seek God and find him. But then it says, though he is not far from each one of us. I say, so God is not distant. God is very involved in your life, in your personal decisions. In the smallest decisions, Okay? It's not like, well, the big ones, you know, God's involved in. No, everything, everything. God is so, so personal. He came to us as a person. He loves you as he made you. You're made in the image of God. He is seeking after you too. And then verse 28, for in him, look at this, in him, God, whom Jesus is God, in him we live, we move, we have our being. We, we live we move, we have our being in God. Christianity is so supernatural. It's, it's more supernatural than we realize, than uh, sometimes we even think about. Now, we think if you're, if you're like real, let's say, strong Christian, knowing the Bible, you know, you're just rocking it, knocking it out. We say, okay, supernatural, yeah, God became flesh, okay, incarnation. Oh, yeah. His body rose from the dead. Resurrection. Got that. I mean, that's supernatural. But it's even more than that, okay? For example, there are two ways you can look at all of life, natural or supernatural. I need you to hear me on this, okay? The natural would be like, all it is is just everything we see. I see these, uh, I've always thought the pillars were kind of cool. The walls, the ceiling, I see you. Uh, I see... You know, I can kind of see out there some green. I mean, that's, that's good. That's God's creation. It's all natural. I can see in my mind the plans I've got uh, for today. I'm thinking about lunch. I hope you're not thinking about lunch too much. But anyway, I, I see it's natural, it's, and it's good, okay? The supernatural over here is that God is not just up there. God is not just the supernatural in coming to us in the incarnation, rising it. He's all in. Like he's, we, even, we can't see it, we believe he's here. In the Holy Spirit. Not only is he here, angels could be here amongst us. Sitting in this front row that nobody ever sits in, okay? They could be. They could be whispering to you. Holy Spirit is whispering to you, by the way, I believe. One guy, I like this guy, I've quoted him a lot, Francis Schaeffer. He said it like this. Often, as Christians, we look at only the natural. And we kind of believe in the supernatural, but the Christian life, worldview, it's like an orange. And if you split it in half, you have natural, supernatural. That's not, it's not how Christianity was designed to be. The whole orange, you have the natural that's here, but you also have, you also have the supernatural. What that is, is like, yes, there are angels amongst us. Yes, so not only the Holy Spirit is amongst us, but angels are amongst us. Yes, even though we can't see it, and there's a mystery to that, it's like, you know, I love those good cop detective shows where they're interviewing a witness, and, you know, there's a window or mirror that they see, and, but they're, you know, like three other people looking in. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, come on. Not, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I watch Netflix, okay? So 
It's like that often. That they see us and maybe we can't see it, but we believe that they're there. So when I'm honored to like do my granddad's funeral this week, yes, it's very much present that he could be right there in our midst with my brother and I standing there. And there's a new, new being, you know, resurrected by the soul. And we, I want us to, to get that. That is, that is different from what who Paul is preaching to. Sometimes it may be different than whom I'm preaching to. The supernatural is... It's both halves of the orange together. In him we live and we move, we have our being. So those, those natural things, those created things, he says in verse 29, they're not God. He mentions gold, silver, stone, nice boats. I love boats. I don't have one. Nice cars, okay? Nice trips. Good baseball teams. Whether they're 11-year-olds or major league. Good college teams. There's some good college teams out there. Good college teams playing baseball. Yes, there are. Yes, there are. And I, created is not the creator. Created is not the creator. So then he gets to what do we do? What do they do? Paul gives this. He said, here it is. And then what do we do? Repent. Repent is, that's a churchy word. I used to not really like it. It's really like, like humbling ourselves before God. Saying, God, you know, I've always thought you're out there, but you're here. God, I thought I was God. I'm not. I'm coming to you. I want to give it to you. Uh, I am, those two actions, by the way, are sin. So sin is not just, you know, drinking or getting drunk or adultery and yes, or or lying or gossip. Yes, all that. But it's a heart state, okay, that we cannot escape right now. Why? God wants us to seek him. He's done it in Jesus so we repent, we believe. So they set a day where he's going to judge the world in righteousness by the man. That's Jesus, whom he has appointed. Now let me, let me be clear on this. If you receive Christ, accepted Christ, believe in Christ, sometimes people say, well, I'm just still worried God's going to judge me. Your judgment happened on the cross. It's done. It's finished. I want you to walk in peace, serenity. You are loved by God. You are his child. But you have this faith, too, that, hey, all the wrongs will be righted one day. That the man, Jesus, will come. And every wrong in history, and he will, he will come in righteousness and in power. So we can have that faith, too. And as he was resurrected, we have that belief that he will raise us up, too. He will raise us up, too. And so then the response from these folks is twofold, and it could be the same response then as it might be today or another day. Ridicule, ridicule and response. The ridicule is some, some folks ridiculed him. Some folks said, oh, I mean, he's full of it, full of it. But others believed. It says others joined him and believed. And that has continued to happen through the centuries as the gospel is preached and proclaimed. And I don't know why. God knows, and you just got to keep preaching and living the gospel, the truth. Not that eh, there is a God, but he's way out there, or not that I am God, but that the answer, Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So let's go back. What does it mean for you today? What does it mean? What does it mean for me? What does it mean for us? First, I'd really love for you to think about which one are you? 
Which of those problems? Either like, I say it, but I really don't. And I know, because I've talked to you. There's some of you in here. I really don't think God is like in it. I really don't think God cares for me, as the Bible says. I really don't think God has my best interests at heart, in mind. He does. He does. If we knew everything that God knew, we would get all of our prayers answered, okay? Exactly as we... He knows. Or it's where you're always like, man, I'm just so self-willed and so determined and just really consumed, but I never... Admit it of pride and pride for my family and pride for my life and career. I'm going to do it. I'm going to deliver. I've got this destiny. You may go to a game, you may be planning a trip, continue going through life, but like seeing like God is in everything, 
big, but in the smallest details of your life and trusting. And you may, man, you may be in the dumps today. You may just be like, man, I can't believe I'm here, but you know, I'm here. I mean, I'm saying God has a plan, a purpose, a rhythm. You do have this great destiny. Sometimes we have to release our plans for our destiny and let go. And then God starts really shaping and easing us into his walk. And so, I mean, with neighbors, like we've done this week, with nations, seeing a big God work. And yes, sometimes it's small steps. And yes, sometimes I was like, God, I want you to hit home run every day. And he does, but sometimes they look like singles to us, okay? Man, you can score a lot of runs with singles, okay? Single after single. Nearly happened last night. Anyway, okay? Seeing a big God. Loving the other person. My wife and I were talking about this last night about, you know, we can't, we can't judge anybody. We can't look down on anybody because they're, they're human. We're all broken. Love the other person. Love, that means loving the enemy. Loving the one who does not have your best interests at heart. The only way, the only, you, can't, you can't just do that like that. You have to see a big God. And it's like, hey, I know God's working in their life. I know he's going to bring something out of it. I know that enemy, we may just have the best cup of coffee ever in heaven, okay? Be that good. Love the one who does not, instead of loving the other person, I mean love the one who does not have your best interests at heart. And go to the world. And when I say world, I mean, I'm not just meaning nations, I'm meaning neighbors, that's the world. The mission field begins actually out of those glass doors in the foyer. Go. Believing in a big God. Loving because God has loved you. What then? There's even more. Because that's all individual, what God's done in your life, how you respond to it. But then there's more. And then it's about us, okay? So let me close shifting from you as individual to, to us. And I... I want to give a highlight. I hadn't yet, but our, our, our new signs out front. Anybody seen the new signs? Seen the new signs? Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can clap about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little tepid. A little too tepid for me there. I would love, like, explosive applause. I like the signs anyway. But give it to you. Leave it to you. You know. Those signs have a couple words on them. Very in, everything we do here, by the way, like, you may not think it, but it's, like, very intentional. Okay? Thought out. A community church. A community. So it is very much, most importantly, your heart, most importantly, Jesus in your heart, your life. But then it's something a little bigger, something bigger than anybody else, me, you, a community. We try to show you that community, try to show it to you today. Are we living as a community? Are we loving those who may not have our best interests at heart? Are we being a community? Because, and you may say this is unfortunately but God's plan A is the church, and there's no plan B. So it's not like the church is you or me or your individual devotion. I used to think that. So back when I was, you know, rolling in Athens, that's what I thought. I was like, church, merch, give me a break, okay? Let me just read my Bible. And I'll pack a little, little Bible in my, my, my backpack as I travel around and party it up. I'm saved. I got it. It's not what the Bible says, guys, Okay? Church is a community. Are we being that community? Are we being that community? But it's not only here in worship. We have a website. I know it's interesting. I'm kind of closing with a website. But the website is there to show everything using the tools of this age. Showing, we try to keep it updated, to show everything that God's doing in our life. We have testimonies, 
on there, what's going on, what you've seen today, to show what God is doing in our life. And we have this Acts 29, that it's not just about us on this corner. We talk about that, but we're part of this global network of churches around the world. My wife and I, Acts 29, my wife and I are going to a marriage retreat this week, Acts 29. Pastors we know that support uh, all across the world. Talked about one in India, an Acts 29 church. Church we support in Italy, Acts 29. This really strong global connection. And so it is you and what Jesus is doing in your life, but it is much more about us, and it's even more about us. It's about having this connection that stretches to the ends of the earth. And that's, that's the gospel, that's, that's life, that's what we want to be. So we'll come back to the question, we're going to close, get ready for communion, okay? You know, where, where you, what's your starting point? Because the starting point is often those two problems. Either, yeah, I, mean, I can't believe, but he's not in it. Or, I'm really, I'm just, I'm really God. I mean, I'm really, I cannot let my hands off the wheel, okay? So, the answer is Jesus. The answer is, I pray, the Holy Spirit melts your heart right now as we come and take communion. Communion, though, is always, first and foremost, every time, it's not about just a response from you or me or anybody else. It's not just about something you do in the service. It is about Jesus Christ. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What we do in communion shows that. What we sing about, what Tracy said about it, that he did something. Someone died for you. His body represented by the bread, was broken for you. His blood was shed for you. Communion, it is about him, always, what he has done. And we respond to that. So then it is about you. And I always say, communion is for Christians. If you are wrestling or don't know, then, you know, the Holy Spirit can work on all of you, but it's supposed to be for Christians who have, their heart is right. That moment, that time, it's time down the aisle. Your heart is right with the Lord. So we want to offer a time. Like we're going to have open communion today. Not everybody come at once and say, like, man, I'm going to get time. I plead with you. Have your heart right with God. Is there someone you need to forgive? Is there, is there a person you have such bitterness towards? You're like, man, don't tell me to love someone who's got my, don't have my best interest at heart. Hey, work on that before coming down the aisle. Do that for me, please. I beg of you. But it's also about us. So it's about Jesus first. It's about you and your heart. Then it's about us doing it together. We're doing open communion because you see people walk forward. Part of something bigger than me or you or any other. It's God's church. So, where do you start from? I pray the Holy Spirit works on your heart. You're like, what do you do? You repent. You believe. You rise. You do it together. I'm going to pray and then have our worship team and those helping come up. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, just thank you for your word, your gospel truth that uh, uh, has, well, has changed and is changing my life. And I pray that that just continues and deepens, and I pray it continues and deepens for your church, this particular church today that is uh, much more than any person that is a body and is, is connected to your body around the world. Let folks do, the, do their business, their, their conversation with you. Let those who come forward, may their hearts 
be just melted by your grace, by the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.